and welcome back to another episode of Ladies First. I'm Corey, joined by Alejandra today. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me back here. We dragged her back again, but it wasn't kicking and screaming. It's because I finally binge-watched a show that she'd been enjoying for a good month before I was and was waiting for someone to talk to about it. That's right. Yes, I'm so excited. And that show was Warrior Nun. Um, if you check in with our site fairly frequently, you noticed I had posted an article about five reasons why you should binge watch it already if you haven't. Um, I also listed, you know, like, it's, the, it's 2020. If you haven't watched it yet, like, don't feel bad. This year is on fire. Just know that if you do go watch it, you will bring some joy into your life. And we're going to discuss why we love the show. That's right. It is very much a show that that just was plain fun to watch, even though it it does have like its you know tense moments. Uh, I did it did just relieve me of stress instead of bringing more stress into my life, which is mm-hmm. great uh, this year. It also prompted some of us. Uh, we actually also got Diana to uh, binge watch it because we were talking about it. So. We got some more people to binge watch it. And then we were talking about character tropes. So thanks to Warrior Nun, the fundamentals, we already had Dutiful Princess. We're going to be coming out with two new tropes for our site that uh, Warrior Nun indirectly or directly inspired. So uh, that is going to be the Disaster Chosen One and the Glorious Dumbass. I will have an article out after this episode airs. I mean, honestly, we're recording the night before. So when you listen to this, this will be like less than 24 hours old. Um, But I will have an article out uh, discussing why Ava helped inspire these. And then Diana is actually going to be writing a piece about Ava Silva herself. And then Alejandra, I might have convinced, if not, I'm putting her on the spot right now, to do an episode about Beatrice being like the archetypal dutiful princess that's right no convincing needed i'm 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 happy (laughs) i'm happy to write about beatrice for you know try to make it short it's going to be the challenge actually oh make it as long as you want do a two-parter i don't care it's beatrice you can write about her i mean anyways we can talk about this show a lot before we like really get off into the weeds if you're tuning in and you're like okay you're saying names i'm lost uh warrior nun Uh, premiered on Netflix in July and it's actually based off of a Canadian comic book series created by Ben Dunn from Antarctic Press it's an independent indie publisher called Warrior Nun Ariella and the show takes the name Warrior Nun and maybe the name of a few characters and kind of leaves a lot of it out because um, it's a product of the 90s and it's very cheesecakey, um, if not outright misogynist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is sexy nuns with guns, I, I think. Bas- yeah, um, basically. With very, very revealing outfits that I, as a Muslim, am going to say is haram, but somebody, I don't know who, what glorious person decided i should make a netflix show but simon barry got i guess from maybe simon barry did come up with it but he decided you know i want to make a netflix uh, a television series out of this and netflix bought it and they had to do a lot of reimagining because you aren't hearing outrage about 
offensive boob gun nuns running around. They uh, boob nun guns. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's cheesecake. If you go and you look up warrior nun Ariella and the images, you know exactly why I'm just like. Bleh. Yeah, it's baffling <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, there's a few of those images that are getting towards, like, yeah, it's just border, yeah, it's just sexist. Um, yeah. So, Warrior Nun on Netflix really kind of stripped away a lot of the misogynistic, most of them, really all of the misogynistic elements, because it's very feminist-oriented, it is very multicultural, it's a very diverse cast, um, it's much more grounded, so you're not going to be watching a cheesecake show. You are going to be watching a show about a very, very glorious little dumbass, um, and that is oh, Ava. My baby. Um, yeah, Ava's baby. Uh, really, she's just she's a brand new character. Shannon Masters had been the lead character in Warrior Nun, the comic book series, and we see her briefly at the beginning of Warrior Nun, and spoiler alert, she dies in the first episode, and the halo, which gives her her powers, is passed over to Ava because she's just a cooling down corpse that the nun who had it and was being chased by a demon wanted to hide it in, except, oh no, the halo resurrected her, it's never done that before, and oh no, it also, you know, healed her, and she's no longer quadriplegic, and oh, demons and things yes i mean it's basically the the there's you know there's this there's this uh order of warrior nuns and their leader or no sister warriors and their leader is a warrior nun who is bestowed with the halo of an angel on her back uh and that gives her like powers to uh see demons and and kill demons and um face through walls Face through walls and like several other like healing and other, several other powers and apparently it's distinct for every warrior nun, but of course Ava's not a nun, you know, and she was like uh, Corey said quadri- quadriplegic before and full on died. dead and dead yeah she was dead. So uh, the, um, there's a lot of new things that that um, Ava has with the halo. Like one, you know, she's Lady Lazarus essentially. Two. She can levitate, which we're told has not really been a thing that's happened before. So she's got some stuff going on with her. Also, like, my little baby was an orphan and paralyzed from the neck down in a car accident that killed her mom when she was seven. And she grew up in a Catholic orphanage with a very abusive murder nun. Yes, in a country that's not her own. Yeah, so she gets yeeted right back to life and has a bunch of crazy nuns chasing her and demons and she's like i don't want any part of this oh i can walk again i want to explore my new freedom and here is where my main quibble with this series comes from and i've talked to alejandra about it a lot i love the sisters i don't like how they treated ava in the beginning and i know there's other people that are like oh ava's being a spoiled brat and i'm like seriously you cannot see this from her point of view yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a there's a division in the in the and especially even in the fandom who are like, oh, Ava is the worst chosen one ever, and I'm like, um, hello, she was dead, right? Like she was murdered, and paralyzed, and and miserable her entire life, thanks to the know. Catholic Church and a nun, and now she has a bunch of other crazy nuns with guns and other items that literally drugged her, and chained her down yeah. to a bed. 
one of them tried to kill her again, and they're like, why do you keep running away from us? <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> Maybe. Could it be? Maybe. Uh, no, yeah, nope, I, I do get this. I do get this, this, um, this complaint, and I do... You know, part of me, I can see some, sort of the side of, of, of a fan or an audience member who who just wants the thing to get started and to get, you know, for her to, you know, get the training and join the gang and stuff. But I think it was a it was a bold uh, choice and it was the right choice, in my opinion, um, by by Simon Barry and the writers um, to actually, you know, really drag it out for Ava. And she spends, I think it takes her, it's a 10 episode season and it takes her six or seven episodes. I think in episode six is when she finally makes the choice and comes back in episode seven. Um, I mean, I just been watching. And again, when she comes back, another crazy nun, I shouldn't say crazy, another very sadistic (laughs) nun tries to kill her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have the the, the Sister Crimson. Yeah, Sister Crimson. Uh, That's right. But I I do get, you know, I do get the the sort of, of, I don't know, desperation that might cause for, for an audience member who just wants the action to get going. But I appreciate the decision to actually give her the time and actually treat her like an 18 year old girl baby child well, uh, 19 but yeah 19 oh okay so she's she's still a child i mean 19 yeah, she's young, still a baby especially. i mean yeah. she again she's a baby she's a baby um yeah i mean some of the other sisters are not exactly that much older than her but again the thing here is like agency yeah. She has had zero agency in her life since she was seven. The, the sisters are just, until Mary, Shotgun Mary, played by Toya Turner, finally steps in. All the other sisters are like, here's the cudgel. We will beat you into submission to do what we want you to do. And I'm like, yeah. and you wonder why she wants nothing to do with you and keeps trying to run away. I mean, even I Sister mean- Beatrice... Um, yeah. Played by Christina Tontra Young. Even sh- her character is like, well, I will try to be nicer, but mission, mission, I think you are self centered. You're not a liar, though, but you can be self centered. I'm like, y'all really don't <laughs> understand why she's like, I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. You really don't get it. Lilith, try- Lilith played by, um, was it Lorena Andrea, tries to kill her. Yeah. Tries to carve the thing out, like literally stabs her in the literally back. Literally stabs her to... and tries to carve it out of her flesh. Yeah. It, you know, no, it's no wonder she has mixed feelings about, about Lilith. Be- because, I mean, she tries to carve the thing out of her, out of her back. but then, Knowing it could kill her. Yes. Uh, and then in her next breath, basically, saves her life, right? Which is, um, you know, yeah. would give anyone whiplash. Um there's a so, big yeah, Tarask I, demon that pops out of nowhere, you know, puts Sister Shannon or Sister Shannon, Shotgun Mary. Wow. I don't know where I got that from. <laughs> puts Shotgun Mary through a car window, is about to go stabby McStabby on, on Ava. Oh, oh I should say yeah. play, Ava's played by Alba Batista. Um, but she's about to go stabby. He, the trash team is about to go stabby McStabby on Ava and Lilith right after she got done trying to murder she's been trying to murder Ava um, another antagonist for the series Cardinal Doretti who later becomes the Pope had put it in her head it's like you should have it retrieve it by any means possible Ooh. Yeah. 
I didn't say murder, but I implied murder. So I'm just like, yeah, I, I, yes. Um, I feel like the characters were very, um, they're complex. They're very, part of what I liked about it, dragging out with Ava, like giving her that room to explore her new life. A, it makes sense for the character and it doesn't feel hollow because I'm so tired of chosen one characters. They're like, yes, I will go and do the thing. And I'm like, why? But also it lets us get to know the sisters better. You know, it gives us a window, especially Mary really benefits from, she's the one who I still think was she and Shannon before Shannon got, you know, murder boated herself were a thing, but she is the one who's like, okay, here's a new baby halo person. I maybe see some of myself in her, like somebody's got to go bring her in because none of my other sisters are doing it. I think that's that's a very big part of it. I think that Mary really sees herself in Ava, and that's why she's able to talk to her, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to empathize, but also to say, yes, uh, I understand that, and what you've gone through is very painful. But also, you you kind of have to stop hiding behind it and deal with it if you want to move on with any kind of life, right? Which I think mm-hmm. is very important um, for Ava, and also. You know the sisters keep going on. The sisters and and the and father, um, the the father leader of traitor. the uh, father traitor, <laughs> the, the horrible father Vincent, father Vincent, who I trusted. Oh, uh, we all trusted uh, him. That asshole. Um. Anyway, no, they really pulled the. Okay, I have to. I have to hand it to, to Warrior Nun. I really did not see that coming. I really trusted him. I liked him. He was. He was like, ah. You know, father, father, um, but, um, you know, father, dad, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, everybody keeps going on about, about, you know, this is sacred and it's a purpose and you should embrace it and you should be thankful that you have a purpose um, because everybody wants a purpose, uh, you know, like appreciate this and, you know, submit to the, to the, they're very you, much you know, the stick. And Beatrice tries to be a bit of a carrot, but she's more like a rock painted orange at first. Mary is the actual carrot here. And Mary also gives her an actual choice. Exactly. And she really does. She doesn't leave anyone behind to spy on her. She doesn't try to stop her from, from going to, um, to the scientists, to, to Jillian Salvius. Um, She really does give her agency which is, uh, or lets her take her own, you know, agency for herself. Um, and also, the, the thing is that the, this whole thing about a purpose and how important it is to fight demons, you know, everyone, everyone's been talking about it, and Mary's the one who actually says, okay, here, I'm going to show you this small town of people that we saved, um, and a community that can really truly be, and this is the thing, though, too, um, this show highlights a lot of the, you know, in a, in a kind of subtle way, it highlights a lot of the problems that the Catholic Church has. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it comes, it comes and it also shows you how a small uh, church community can be uh, great and beautiful and, and really be a community that's supportive and, and non-judgmental, etc. Uh, and then this is what we do, right? And I'm not going to tell you, I'm showing you. This is what we do and this is how we help people and this is why it's important. Uh, and actually, this is, a, I mean, I cannot believe anyone, you know, nobody else thought about this. Like, why would she just get it 
and this is the thing too about about the church business is like you should just get it no no i shouldn't just get it like you have to show me uh why and how right and and i think that's what mary does and you know mary's i think not even a nun so no she's not she didn't she said she didn't take the vows which i also think is why ava is more like oh okay so i don't have to be a nun to help you yeah that too and also, like she lets the she introduces Ava to people who were possessed or lost people to possession, and Ava actually gets to talk to people who aren't judgmental and yeah. let her know what it's like. And I think this is also a turning point for Ava because I love my little baby dumbass. I love her to pieces. I love her being a little shit, but she is extremely empathetic, even though she tries to hide it. Yeah, and. For a girl who spent her entire life up until being resurrected in a hospital bed, not having any kind of control, hearing what other people say possession is like, I think kind of resonated in her. Oh, yeah. Like being a passenger in your own body. Yeah. And like realizing she could help other people with that like once she sees the demon and another guy it leads to a glorious scene where she exercises someone with a side rack of ribs and a chicken <laughs> yes but <laughs> beat the demon out of the guy <laughs> i mean it's funny but it's like you can see like having talked to them it like something clicks in her of like i can empathize with that yeah i i, I think that that she is that's why she's so you know, uh, back and forth. She is very empathetic, but she also is craving empathy for her own, like like for people to show her empathy. I think the only person who had, or the only person that we know of who had was uh, Diego, who was her roommate, basically. And in the 10. And he and was 10. 10. 10 years old. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's a lot. I, I, I think it's very hard. Sometimes we get, I think we see a lot of TV. And we see a lot of people go through really horrible things on TV. So we're kind of uh, at a point where we're desensitized and we, we don't really think about sometimes about what characters actually are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, Ava's story is heartbreaking. And of course, of course, she immediately falls in love with this cute guy who saves her from a pool, who doesn't ask questions, who is just kind to her just because uh, and, and doesn't push and you know of course of course she falls in love with jc i'm a jc apologist okay well she falls in feelings with i don't know if it's in love but she 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 thinks she does yeah but at the same time i'm like as much as i am still all for in season two having like beatrice and lilith get wrapped upside the head yeah. Um, I mean, at least Lilith got shishkabod by a terrasque demon and came back and apologized. I think Lilith I, I, is the only one who gets a point uh, of, of, you know, actually coming, going back on her previous behavior, behavior um, to Ava. Camilla, Ava. C- Sister Camilla, uh, played by Olivia Declan, is just like a little cinnamon roll and has done nothing wrong ever and has nothing to apologize for. But... <laughs> I mean, I would like, it's just so interesting. And this is, I think we're going to get into a little bit of shipping territory here. Um, With Beatrice, she is so, I mean, yeah, everybody who's listening, who's watched the show knows that Ava Tris is a thing that even the showrunners knew what they were doing by the end of the season. They were like, oh, people would ship them. 
Yeah. We should develop this. No, like the cast and uh, even the show owner have been like, yeah, we know what we're doing. So I'm just like, Beatrice is sometimes so wrapped up in her own little tight ball of emotional repression slash constipation that I think it's hard for her to be truly empathetic to other people because we see it earlier in the season when um after shannon has died and she's kind of almost robotic non-feeling giving a summary of what happened and mary's just like this is why are you talking like this this is shannon and it you know you see beatrice have to stop for a minute and be like i'm i'm sorry i'm just trying to you know go through the mission report or whatever it is she's doing yeah I think that, that Beatrice is, I think, perhaps the, the most, for me, to me at least, the most fascinating character. I mean, Ava's my, my baby, you know, and, and uh, uh, Camilla's I want to role. give Beatrice a hug after I wrap her upside the head. Exactly. Like, you want to you wanna smack her and then cuddle her for, for two days straight. Yeah. Uh, because she's, uh, she's so... Oh my gosh. And this is also a thing that if you sit down and think about her for, for more than five minutes, it is heartbreaking because she makes a choice to repress herself. She knows what she's doing. Uh, and she's joined the church. And I, I, I now in my, in my second rewatch, I, I caught a, a line um, that, that she says to Ava when they're reading. Okay. So there's the scene, right. Where, where uh, Camilla's like, Hey, I found this story about a lesbian. You should go to the other room and read it on your own. Uh, and, and so, Camilla is also uh, a little shit. She's just an adorable little shit. I will have you, I will say, uh, when they're all walking, strolling into the Vatican about to do their heist, um, Ava turns around and says this really terrible pun. And Mary's just like, I could shoot you. And Beatrice is rolling her eyes, but Camilla's just smiling at her. Yeah. She's like, this is amazing. I love her. Can we keep her? Um, um, yeah, anyways, yeah, when Beatrice. Yes, when they're reading the story, right, which is when Beatrice ba- basically comes out to Ava and tells her, yeah, you, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a lesbian and my parents hated that. And so I joined the church because uh, and, and she says this line, which I mean, I just I'm, I was just gutted by it. Uh, she says, I joined the church to save my eternal soul. This girl believes truly in her heart that she is, you know, that in a way that what she is is wrong and she needs to atone for it. And so she joins the church to do that. And I just, I just See, could cry right now. Interesting because I got a, a completely different interpretation from that line because she says that and then sister or shotgun Mary walks by and she's like, yeah, you tell yourself that. Yeah. And I'm I mean, like, that's why Beatrice is so interesting, though, because she says that to Ava, but then also, in, in here, it's very interesting, Beatrice is not a person who is blindly, uh, blinded by the church or blindly following the church, because she has that, also that scene with Cardinal Doretti, uh, where he's like, I trust you are going to be loyal, and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be loyal to God. Exactly. Um, to me, I read that as she joined the church because up until she joined the church, she was made to feel so miserable by her parents for what she was, that that was really her only escape. Yeah. But then she joined the church and, you know, right now the Catholic church is still a big no homo. Yeah. 
so uh, sh- there are levels. So if anybody is going to like renounce their vows by the end of the season, I think it's going to be Beatrice. In yeah. end of the series, sorry. For because sure. the, I mean, yeah, the entire reason she's there is because she was in pain and she wanted to have at least some kind of purpose. And the entire reason she's there is because she's a repressed lesbian and now she's coming out of that repression. And then on top of that, she found out that the very thing they thought the order was founded on is a lie. Yes. Which I have to say, and I have to, I, I love, I'm in love with the, with the magnificent F-bomb that they say for Beatrice at the end. I know. And uh, it's so, okay. Throughout the entire thing, most of the sisters, Ava, Ava's a potty mouth. I mean, I love her. I'm a potty mouth too. If anybody's listened to this series, I know I'm a potty mouth, but Beatrice especially is just like Beatrice and Lilith are the the two biggest language police. Lilith, not so much after she gets shish kebab, but Beatrice is still like, she tries to say the F word and all she can say is freaking. So they build it up and they build it up and they build it up. And then in this one glorious moment, a very quiet, what the fuck? And very much, I mean, very much earned. I think uh, I don't, I didn't, I mean, I didn't expect what what was at the end of that uh, concrete wall um, for sure. But I, it was glorious. I love it. Please continue. It flies out, just it's very quiet under her breath. What the fuck? When this arm of somebody who should not be in that tomb with Ava reaches out from underneath the boulders. Yes, I mean, it, it just comes out of your, it, it's the best kind of swearing, and it just comes out of your gut without you even realizing it. Um, I mean, I loved it. It was one of my favorite moments of the whole thing. That's it. Continue. We may continue. I agree. I just think it was a really well done, long con type of joke for that show. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, I, you know, this is very, very random, but it kind of reminded me of faking it. Uh, because they saved the, the, the joke, Garb is a bitch, until the very last minute in the very last episode. And it was kind of like, it was that good. It was that brilliant. But yes, anyway, that was a tangent. Yeah, but Beatrice is just, I know, you know why people flock to that Evatrice shit. Because people, I think especially like women loving women, have mm-hmm. this thing where they love a ship of like an emotionally constipated character and... A puppy. Yeah, a puppy. A dumbass puppy in this case. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I mean, I I get it. I get it. And and I definitely think that that, um, they they do match in a way. They complement each other. Yes, I especially think Beatrice was thrown by how much she she felt, you know, about and for Ava, even even before, you know, this isn't officially, they're not, um, so far it's platonic completely, uh, as far as we know. And, but even in that case, I think that, um, that it's very, I mean, it's, you know, that scene, I, I go again to that scene where they read the, the story about, um, the uh, previous warrior nun, um, uh, and, and she's, you know, and Beatrice is, is, is so, you know, tightly wound and Ava's just like, are you translating from French? Oh my God, I love it. Okay. Uh, and then she's so naturally against the idea of, of the Nazis being homophobic. And it's just so natural. Everything's so natural uh, with Ava. She just says whatever she's thinking. She does not repress any emotion. And I think that's, 
that's like a whoa moment for Beatrice, you know? Um, and, and the whole, all of Ava existing is, is, is throwing Beatrice off. Um, so I agree. I mean, I think if anybody's going to leave the church, especially because I think Beatrice's relationship to the church is it's the changing. most complex. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's changing and it's the most complex so far. There are so many layers, like what you said about her feeling freer, but at the same time, I do think that she joined because there's a, you know, guilt is a big thing in the, in the Catholic church. Um, and, and it, it's encouraged, you know, and uh, in, in, in a lot of cases, and it can be sort of misconstrued and, and taken too far. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see the effect that Ava has on Beatrice just by existing the way that she does, you know? Well, and there's, there's this thing that I also really love about that scene. There's several things, um, but you see Beatrice, a lot of the sisters we see, they get very frustrated with Ava and we see Ava actually push back because Ava doesn't know this stuff. She just does not know and she's not picking up on it. It's not her fault. She does not have the lived experience from like outside of the orphanage to be able to navigate those kinds of situations or conversations. And she's, you know, listening and like she can kind of sense something's wrong and you can see she's like trying to maybe lighten the mood a little bit. And Mm -hmm. Beatrice just really snaps at her and she finally pushes back and she's like, why are you so angry at me? And you see, I like the way that the actress, um, Sansa Young played it of like, you see her kind of physically do a double take of like, Oh, right. Like with her eyes wide. And she's like, I'm, I'm being unfair to you. Yeah. And you see her like, that's when she finally opens up. She's like, I'm angry, but I'm really, I'm just, I'm angry at everybody, but you. And she lets her walls down a little bit. And Ava finally, when she has something to work with, you know, is, you know, she's very empathetic and she just says, you know, basically there's nothing wrong with you. What you are is beautiful. Yes. And I think that's when the floodgates opened. Yeah. I think for Beatrice, that was like the gay panic, like kill Bill. So I was like, oh crap. (laughs) Yeah. And you see her also, she's like, well, now we're going to tap into your pain. (laughs) (laughs) about me. (laughs) Yeah. And then you cut to like the next scene we see Ava, she's walking outside with Sister Camille. It's like, hi, what's going on? I'm running away from Beatrice. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I, and I could, I could, I'm just, I, I have a foot in the ship, you know? I have one foot in the ship. I am completely there. I mean, as far as I'm just like, I'm not super into ship wars, but I totally see why they work. And I think they're cute in yeah. the sense of like, Ava probably does need adult supervision because just like literally the world is brand new to her. Yeah. And like being being ambulatory and being able to wipe her own ass is still new to her. It's new to, yeah. I mean, she's, I I, I love too that we get so many moments with Ava just like feeling the sand and being like, oh, look at my reflection in the mirror and all these things that are so basic human experience and that she hasn't had you know um i just love her well and we just see later on like after they have that moment and then they're doing training the other scene i really enjoyed was when like we finally got to the root of what ava was terrified of and beatrice is just like well you're always gonna have us duh 
And she just says it just like so matter of factly that like you can't doubt her. And then, you know, Ava winds up yeeting her way out of the wall. And then, of course, Beatrice catches her and they have a capital TM moment. Yeah. But like you see, start to see after that is like Beatrice kind of becomes the one that's like, well, this is my walking disaster now. And yes, I want to throttle her in this moment, but she's still my walking disaster. So I have to get, you know, she kind of starts, it's not Mary's job anymore. Beatrice kind of, it's like, well, okay, well, she's my walking disaster now and starts cracking up with like making puns with her. Yeah. I think in the same way, Speaking of that, and, and, and just something that occurred to me, that I think in the same way that, that Mary kind of sees herself in Ava in one aspect, Beatrice does recognize that desire for you know, get her and, and are there for her, regardless of who she is and what she is. Beatrice recognizes that in Ava as well, which is part of why I think she just, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you, I'm going to protect you, okay? You're mine now in whatever capacity. Yeah, it's very much, I mean, okay, again, Lady blew up the Vatican for Ava. Yes. I I think we need to stress this. She blew up the Vatican for her. Can we get any more romantic? (laughs) But we reached pretty pretty high levels (laughs) for season one. Yeah, so it's a matter of, like, obviously once Beatrice has decided, well, I'm all in, she's like, all in and Ava is just like a puppy so like she's all in on whatever she does anyway yeah like Ava Ava has two settings I'm asleep and I'm full throttle (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my gosh um yeah no and I think that that another thing too in that Vatican scene is that uh Beatrice is very much in the in the tune of we are not gonna leave her here Mm -hmm. no matter what right because she knows how scared Ava is that she's going to just get left behind if she's not useful, right? Because that's the thing too. Everybody tries to use her. Everybody wants to use her. And she's kind of testing waters for half the season to see who, who do I have that I can, you know, just have without them wanting something from me. And I think that's what works with Mary is that Mary kind of uses some reverse psychology. Like, I don't want anything from you. You're free to go. And then you just, all of episode five is like, Ava is following after her like a stray kitten, a very cranky stray kitten. Like, remember that you kicked me off the cliff. Well, now what do you want from me? I can't blah, 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 blah. I mean, like, but she is following Mary. She's very much still following Mary. And Mary leaves it up to her, and it's entirely her choice. But I think Ava, for Beatrice is the first one that Ava finally is, like, vulnerable with in the sense of, like, what I'm truly terrified of. And I think that moment of, like, I'm terrified I'm going to have no one really resonated with Beatrice of like, oh, you're mine now. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, I get, okay. Yeah. I know, I know what to do for you. I got you. Well, but I think it's something she would recognize too. Of Like Beatrice, yeah. her entire thing is like, I want somebody to want me, to need me, you know, to see me as having value for me. And then she meets somebody who is the, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. And I think it's very, like, their vulnerabilities are very... Adible. Yeah, like, Ava really just wants somebody to be able to love on and, like, be hers. Yeah. And you have some a very emotionally constipated lady who just wants to belong to somebody. So I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. 
Yes. And then you have said emotionally constipated lesbian who's like, I'm not leaving my future wife trapped behind a tomb. I promised her, blow it up. We're blowing up the Vatican. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. I, I have to feed, feed in now. <laughs> I mean, After to, this. Yeah. To me, that's how it reads is like, Beatrice was raw with Ava and trusted her to catch her, and Ava did. And then once Ava finally reciprocated and Beatrice understood, I think really where so much of that attitude was coming from, you see in the, like, the last of the two episodes, it's like Ava doesn't really get left alone by yeah. anybody. And a lot of that is a lot of the time it's either she's with Beatrice or like, mother superior somebody is with her and then it again beatrice refuses to leave the catacomb the tomb without ava she literally blows the wall down to go get her yeah doesn't doesn't matter if we have to blow the vatican again uh no in yeah, the I middle mean, of pope Geretti's accession speech yes which i found hilarious by the way and i i also i kind of like the double the the sort of trick of uh you know Cardinal Duretti does really seem to be the big bad guy, and and then and he's he ends, still he just, a shit. Yeah, of course, but he ends up being the uh, the the in a kind of pathetic. No, I just want to type this. Like he didn't kill Sister Shannon. He didn't release no. whatever the hell Adriel is. Yeah, but he still tried to take over the order and have a bunch of nuns yeeted and murder an innocent woman. So yeah. I don't feel that bad for him. No, no, I don't feel bad for him. I just think that that is hilarious that he ended up being that his motive, like his ultimate motivation, ended up being like kind of pathetic. Like oh, he just wanted to be pope. And like oh, really? You ass! You deserve to have your speech interrupted by Beatrice blowing up the Vatican. And she was—he was also like in in that sort of sequence. He was like, "Are they here? Kill them!" Uh, yeah, which- he sent Sister Crimson on them again. And again, Sister Crimson is just, she's a very sadistic nun. She's completely loyal to Pope Doretti. She doesn't have any qualms about killing her fellow sisters. And then yeah. Lilith just, Lilith who went somewhere when the Tresk shish kebab there. Alejandra and I had this really fun conversation where we were trying to just be like, I wonder what happened when Lilith went over to the other side. And I was like, I'm going to call this one Trask Carl. Carl goes back and he's like waving his hand. And the other Trask, he's like, please tell me you didn't bring that thing back with you. And she jumped on my hand. I can't get her off. But she can't <laughs> stay here. Get rid of her. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, Lilith gets yeeted back into the human world, except now she, you know, she has some slightly demonic powers. And the other Trask is like, Carl, when I said fix her and get rid of her, what did you do? <laughs> Yeah, I this do is very this... mundane, like Monday for Carl. <laughs> yes, like another one, Carl. But yeah, Lilith comes back with some demonic power. Well, I, I want to say demonic. It's trash. She can teleport, and she gets claws, which she uses to just like literally murder throat crimson. And then later, she somehow knew that Ava could not go into the tomb. Which we were talking about the theory that maybe the Trasks aren't necessarily demons, but they're just trying to stop Adriel and get the halo back. I do, I do hold that theory, and I kind of think it would be interesting if if they went for the Trasks are the actual angels uh, road because I like I like that that idea that angels don't necessarily look 
how we would want them to look. Or at the very um, least, they're neutral. Yeah. Uh, but my other thing is, I love something I just really love because Lilith was getting violent to try and keep Ava out of the tomb, and it took Beatrice and Mary to talk her down. And then after she's like calmed down, she's back to being like super creepy, helpful Lilith again. And she just picks yeah. up the dynamite, like, we'll blow the wall and go get her back. And you see Beatrice has Kill Bill sirens in her head. And Mary just steps up, you don't get to touch the dynamite right now. <laughs> I just love how oh. she's like, you don't get to handle the dynamite right now, not until we know what's going on with you. Drop it. Yes. I, we, we should talk for a, for a second about uh, Lilith and Mary, who get very little, you know, very little screen time, but very well used. Uh, well, see, they, I, I thought they got quite a bit of screen time at the beginning while Lilith, not Lilith, Ava is off on her little adventures. You see Lilith yeah. gets it in her head that I'm going to go carve the halo out for myself. And she and Mary have several encounters where... Mary just manages to keep getting the best of her and getting out to get to Ava first. Yeah. I mean, in comparison to, I, I, I what I mean is in comparison to other relationships in the show, you know, oh, gotcha. they get relatively less, but their relationship I feel develop is equally developed in a way. Mm -hmm. um, in the sense that, you know, we are sisters. I kind of hate you. And then, you know, tell you your truth, which is a very Mary thing, right? I'm going to tell right. you the harsh truth. Um, but then I'm also going to protect you and, and care for you and, Tell um, you put I the dynamite down, put, yeah, put it down. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely loved that, that I, I just think there's so many relationships between all of these women that are interesting. And I really appreciate the show for that because it is really, you know, the, the whole cast, the, I think there's only one, two three decent men in the whole, in the whole, uh, decent in the, the sense that they're not villains, right? Diego, um, JC, and what, Christian? Yeah, the, yes, the guy from the Jillian Salvius's, uh, um, yeah. yeah, jury's still out on Michael if he's a creepy poltergeist kid or not, so. Yeah, I, yeah, Michael, I, I'm considering a neutral character, because he's, a, he's like, kind of a non-character. I didn't feel like he had so, such, you know, much personality more than just being a, an extension of Jillian. And I just, I just appreciate so much that, you know, with, with more or with less screen time, it just, it's just this, uh, a, a development of so many different varied relationships between different characters, which I feel, I feel it's something that is very still, even with the shows that say they are doing it are not really doing it. And so I just, I, I, I just wanted to point that out because I think that's really special of this show and a reason why you should watch it if you haven't, which it would be strange if you had listened to like 40 minutes of us talking about it <laughs> if you haven't, but if you haven't. I will say when we talk about dynamics, going back to Sister Camilla, yeah, you can tell she's got the most Ava-like role in the group before actual Ava comes in. And I think that's why she's probably the most non-problematic interacting with her. Yeah. Because there's a scene, like, when Lilith is back from the dead, and you just see Camilla's just staring at her, like, what? And then she makes the sign of the cross. <laughs> and then later, she's, like, talking to her, and she's just super bubbly. And then Lilith's like, I would like silence. And Camilla <laughs> gives her just such a stink eye. <laughs> like, I am not amused by you. I'm like, 
Oh, I would love to see as much as I adore Mary and Ava and Beatrice and Ava, I would love to see what kind of mayhem Camilla and Ava could get up to on their own. Yes. Because they would. They would. I feel like they would like steal the, all the chocolate from the kitchen and then like giggle in, in a dark room eating chocolate and also uh, cause, cause a little, a little chaos on missions. I just, I just think they, they would have a very, I, this is, you know, I bar whatever happens next season. I think they would have the most like giggly partners in crime kind of, kind of, you know, vibe going on. They would be a walking chaos duo, which I would love to see. Um, It would be like, if you put Lilith and Beatrice in a mission together, you would be surprised that anything actually got done because they would just be arguing about what the best way to do it would be. Yeah. It's like too many cooks in the kitchen. I feel like they would also pull pranks on people and like paint paint people's faces while there's lace left and and beyond. They have a sense of fun. That's what I feel. Both of them, mm-hmm. and they would have fun together. For, yeah. For uh, for whatever you know, whatever that looks like, whether it's in the calm of the of the you know non violent moments and also in in you know missions and chaos and well i mean uh, camilla just straight up shoots adriel in the head and spits on his body yeah like she's a little badass too where you know she's she's not all puppy no bark or bite exactly yeah and my favorite camilla moment my favorite camilla moment is actually when she when she defies the orders of of the cardinal She's like, I really hope I got God's message right. Oh, yeah. Uh, she runs like, in with a gun, literally blazing. Yes, yes, yes. Carrying, like, a huge gun and be like, ah, I really hope I got God's message right. Right after Ava got her ass shot again. Yes. <laughs> Which I also um, just really love the scene in the van as they're driving away and Father Vincent is like, how is she? And Ava's just like, dopey smiling up at Beatrice and she, and Mary's just like well she's smiling so that must mean something yes I um, also really think the hard eyes for Beatrice really kicked in when Beatrice came back and was whooping on mother or sister Crimson's ass yeah like be, the Beatrice is a badass moment yeah but my favorite part is like neither Ava nor Beatrice made the connection that Camilla was so painfully trying to point out about, oh, the halo went nuts, or I shouldn't say went nuts, the halo went mind of its own and kablooied and blasted Sister Crimson clear up against the wall when she was going to go shoot Beatrice. The whole story about Sister Melanie in French is about how the halo got new power to save somebody that Sister Melanie obviously cared about. I'm like, wow, you two dumbasses. You, you know what? I had not realized that until right now. Okay, well, they're the dumbasses. I'm not saying you're a dumbass. I just want to make sure in, in universe they're dumbasses. <laughs> oh, I kind of am sometimes. I can be. I'm not offended. Well, I'm a walking ball of chaotic dumbass. I freely admit it. The stuff I did in my 20s, I shouldn't be alive. But <laughs> But no, I just love how both of them are having these huge emotional bits and like neither one of them were like oh sister melanie got to save all those people because she loved the other sister yeah whoops uh, you know what yeah now that you say it, it it just it seems even more um sort of on purpose and it, there's also like, there's there's moments even at the beginning when beatrice is still kind of judging ava you know she still feels enough empathy to comfort her 
mm -hmm. uh, when Mother Superior um, sort of tortures her, basically. I think that that there's a very clear, you know, whether they bring it to to the next level to um, a romantic capacity. I do feel like there's, it, there's just they're just, uh, you know, it just it's like a puzzle piece of what's what's their they're both their sort of traumas and their and their fears and and uh, it just match up to each other very well, scarily well. Uh, the only thing I re I hope we get to see Sister Frances again as some kind of nightmare demon next season, just so we really drive home. Like the Catholic Church can be kind of fucked up because oh, yeah. they <laughs> they let her get away with that essentially by not investigating. Oh, we have a lot of children dying at this orphanage. Maybe we should look into it. Nah. Yeah. Also, I don't really know if the other sisters really believed Ava when she was like. I was murdered. Did they? Did did? I mean, the thing is that I, I I don't feel like Ava actually, you know, sat down with anyone too. That then that's another. Well, it's not thing. like they, they would have listened to her at the time. Right, right. But there's there hasn't there hasn't really been a chance for for Ava to be like, you know what? This is what's happened to me. She's always been, you know, the whole first season. She's always on the defensive and and on the you know um, sort of self protect self preservation. I want to run away because you want to put responsibilities on me thing. And she doesn't, mm -hmm. of course, she doesn't feel, like you said, that there would they would listen. But I, I feel like she just needs a therapy session, you know, like well, to yeah. actually say out loud everything that's happened to her all her life, but especially from the moment the halo was, was you know, resurrected her, um, which is insane. Again, it's insane. And I mean, I, I really just want to see... Beatrice kick her ass so I mean I it's just selfish I just want to see Beatrice get angry and kick her ass yeah like someone, demon sister Francis's ass I do get that I, I want someone to get angry like real angry in behalf of Ava you know mm -hmm. like really because everybody is just sort of annoyed at, at her because of how she reacts to things but nobody's ever angry for in her you know for her not even like father vincent that should have tipped me off you know father vincent who's the only one that we know sort of knows her whole story beginning to end really shows anything but like hmm this is kind of sketchy disappointing suspicious i'm gonna go and stare at a glass of whiskey and it's like i could see like in the second season like they do i would really hope they have a little bit more resolution there like i could see beatrice being the one that Ava feels a little bit more comfortable to open up to, like, serious-wise. Mm -hmm. And just be like, yeah, well, when Sister Frances murdered me, type and of thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, actually sat down and talked about it. I think Beatrice would be receptive at that point. You know what? I think that there's a very good chance that we are going to, to get some form of that, because there's the issue, the whole issue of, of uh, Sister Frances's body being left yeah. there and and perhaps maybe you know maybe that's the the through line um and that's how we you know zombie sort of francis and, yeah sort of go zombie back francis that ava is absolutely terrified of now and is like really wanting to run away from and nobody can quite figure out why <laughs> that would be ideal honestly uh, but even if she doesn't revive even like I don't know, a police investigation opening up and being like, hey, you were here on that night. Like, what did you do? And and even, um, you know, Ava saying, but she killed me. And and Beatrice and the rest believing her and being like, you're not going to touch our baby. 
Yeah, I, I prefer like zombie reanimated just because that's, I'm like, they only have 10 seasons or I mean, 10 seasons, 10 episodes. I'm like, man, yeah. that's going to take a lot of time plot wise to do. Yeah, that's right. That's true. I just rather have um, Adriel resurrect her and like send her after Ava. And like, that's Ava's like one thing where she's really having trouble not running from Francis, especially like the undead Francis. I could see undead. like that being like, the the sisters having to be like you are legitimately terrified of her why are you so scared yeah i would i think that would be ideal like a francis because i i do feel i did feel a little bit empty after after she offered and it would also be a really good way for adriel to fuck with her mentally yeah speaking of adriel what was that ending man what was that ending? it's a cliffhanger no i mean i do hope i've told you this before i hope in season two they have at least like $200 more for a budget so they can get better <laughs> wigs for um, Lilith and Adriel because yeah. those were some super crunchy spray painted, like not great. Like you could Wigish. tell like by the time they fin- they were filming that, they were just like, we have no budget. Yeah, yeah fine. We'll make it work. <laughs> uh, right. But it, wasn't it you said that, that they actually – look like they have a bigger budget than they, than they did actually yeah the cast was talking about like they had the budget they had was actually quite limited compared to some of the other netflix shows and you can't tell by watching it outside of like the wigs mm-hmm. so they did a really good job i mean they were shooting around europe like in spain especially so they may have had some more freedoms compared yeah. to like more expensive places but they really made that look like a million bucks yeah especially the, the because the you know the whole doing of a whole ass monster uh uh completely cgi and not and it not looking cringy is pretty impressive on a on a tight budget mm-hmm. uh the rat the terrace doesn't look uh, you know the most amazing thing you've ever seen but it is also not not cringy it's and still it's- better than like the cw level effects Oh my gosh, yes. A hundred thousand times. But anyways, we're about out of time and we've been rambling about this show for an hour. The entire thing about this is we actually have a community Discord and we have an entire channel, sub-channel, dedicated to Warrior Nun and we just want people to come and talk to us about it, please. (laughs) Yes. And also read the amazing, the amazing, uh, you know, mini fanfic that Corey and Diana wrote uh, about warrior nun combined with one on earth which was my favorite my favorite crossover idea beatrice deserves that level of like wild dumbassery yes which yes come talk to us about it because you know we're obsessed and somebody else should should be yes watch it so you will find a link to that community discord if you're on our site and watching this uh gives it's on the article you'll find the link down there if you're listening to this on one of the platforms, again, you can just go to the site. Um, we have links at the bottom of every article. Um, we also have a little ad that'll take you there. Um, we also have a community link up at the very top menu that will take you there too. So you really, really have no excuse on not finding it. Um, but yeah, please come talk to us about it. It's been renewed for a second season. So now we're stuck waiting impatiently on when are they going to get to film? Yes. So we Which need- I mean- Safety first. Yes, safety first, absolutely. But like in the meantime, we just really need people to talk to about this dumbass show too that we love. And again, we're going to have some other articles coming out about, so don't forget to check those out. Alejandra is going to be doing, uh, again, one for Beatrice as like the most 
most most dutiful princess we've written about so far yes the dutifulest dutiful princess and then diana is going to did diana say if she was going to choose glorious dumbass or disaster chosen one for ava I think Gloria's Dumbass was the final choice. Yeah, so we're also, I'm going to be doing a piece up this weekend so you can kind of see what exactly we mean by Gloria's Dumbass and Disaster Chosen One as far as tropes go that we'll be using for the site. And then our inaugural um, Gloria's Dumbass will be Miss Ava Silva. And then, you know, if you do like Winona Earp, we are eventually going to get something out for Winona as a Gloria's Dumbass as well at some point. So check yeah. those out don't forget we have other shows on our fundamentals network beneath the screen of the ultra critics which we just had an episode drop earlier this week so you should check that out alejandro was on that one too um yeah antifa propaganda cinematic themes i just butchered that title but those four words are in there in some like variation or order <laughs> yes of uh, wonder woman and black panther so uh don't forget to check that out uh that's haram sartorial splendor unabashed book snobbery i had a list taylor made a list for me i don't know where my list went uh, the, the, the fundamentals fundamental list sorry and then we also have a live play uh ttrpg rpg called faith forge academy they air every friday really awesome you'll want to check them out they're doing a lot of really fun stuff they're just starting a new arc so if you're wanting to jump in now would be the perfect time to do so so thanks for listening, y'all. We will be back, uh, mainly because Diana is going to come talk to me about Fort Salem at some point in the next month, or I should say Motherland Fort Salem at some point in the next month. And I should probably warn you, if you're a Scylla fan, that episode is not going to be for you. Mm-hmm. Just FYI. I don't support terrorists. Anyways, fair thank you. Yeah, fair warning. <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. Come talk to us on the community. We need people to talk to. And in the meantime, stay safe.